ovation for Henry Aaron. So the confrontation for the second time. Aaron walked in the second inning. He means the tying run at the plate now. So we'll see what Downing does. Al at the belt delivers, and he's low, ball one. And that just adds to the pressure. The crowd booing. Downing has to ignore the sound effects and stay a professional in pitcher's game. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive in the deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and on the show, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. One is about being frustrated and frustration and how to handle and manage our frustration, especially when it isn't us causing it. It's that frustration that is beyond our control, out of our hands. So we're going to be talking about that. But first, there you heard Vince Scully on the call, legendary play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers, when Hank Aaron, who was playing for the Atlanta Braves, hit his 715th career home run, passing the great Babe Ruth for the all-time home run record, which uh, has since been broken by Barry Bonds. But... uh, The All-Star Game recently, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, recently took place in Denver, Colorado. Now, we know it was supposed to take place in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's why they were honoring Hank Aaron amongst one of the reasons. It was because Atlanta was supposed to host it. And if you've been following the news, you realize that Georgia has passed some laws regarding voter registration and voter IDs. And, of course, the Democrats and The woke culture, as they call it, was outraged. And Major League Baseball, in their wokeness, decided to take the Midsummer's Classic and take it out of the predominant black south and put it into a city that is predominantly white out west in Denver, Colorado. They wanted to go ahead and honor Hank Aaron, who I think, when you talk about the greatest of all time, It's hard to do that. It's hard to talk about the greatest of all time because sports in general go through different genesises. They go through different eras. They go through different evolutions, okay? But I think Hank Aaron, baseball-wise, is the best player because in baseball, you can compare statistically from one era to the next. Now, granted, you have things like the dead ball era, And you have the live ball era. You have the steroid-induced era. And so you do have some things that have kind of put their mark on those statistical records. You have games, number of games. Uh, Baseball used to be 154. Now it's 162 games a season. Now they're thinking of, you know, cutting it back. So you do have things like that. You also have player longevity, healthness, 
fitness, wellness that has come into play in modern baseball that allows athletes to extend their careers. You also have medical advances, you know, Tommy John surgery, arthroscopic surgery, things that used to cause career-ending injuries can now be fixed. And then sometimes, like Tommy John surgery, can make you a stronger, better pitcher. Well, maybe not better, but stronger and faster. And, in fact, it's sad because youth baseball, a lot of parents I heard at one point there was a story or an article or a trend, I guess you can say, where high schoolers, their parents wanted their kids with perfectly healthy arms to undergo Tommy John surgery so that they could be faster, pitch faster. And Tommy John surgery is basically Tommy John, the pitcher, was the first guy to have undergone this operation. That's why it's the Tommy John surgery. But basically, it takes tendons from one part of the arm, puts it into another part of the arm when that arm has been damaged from excessive throwing. And a lot of times, people have had better results when you've come back from Tommy John surgery. It takes a couple of years to really get back into the groove. And so a lot of sick, twisted parents out there wanting their kids to undergo this. But so anyways... Baseball, obviously, like all other sports, have undergone all those changes and things. But when you look over the annals of time, Hank Aaron, I think to me, is by far the greatest. He, at one time, when he retired, had 755 career home runs. So he was the all-time home run king upon his retirement. He still is the all-time RBI king with 2,297 runs driven in. I'm not going to get geeky on you and go rotisserie and present all these stats, but it's fascinating because, again, he played back in the 70s, and he retired mid-70s, I believe it was, maybe late 70s, by the time he really finished, you know, because they sometimes spend a couple of years. But uh, I think 1976, though, I think was his final year. So he still has uh, the most RBIs of any player that's ever played the game in its 100-plus year history. He has the most total bases, almost 7,000. He's got an average of 305, a career batting average over 300, which was phenomenal considering the era that he played in. And then you go through the rest of the stats, and it's, uh, you know, almost 4,000 hits in the Hall of Fame. And again, I think uh, proven to be the all-time because there's so many different categories that he is in the top five, maybe top ten still in baseball, you know, 240 stolen bases. And uh, it's just sad that Major League Baseball, when watching the All-Star Game, so getting back to the All-Star Game, so I watched the All-Star Game. It's not a political rant about the All-Star Game and the wokeness and all that. It's just, that's fact. That's just the fact of what happened. But it's sad to think that when they were doing the tribute and they put out 44, which was Hank Aaron's number, in right field on the stadium, on the, the turf there, the grass there at uh, Coors Field, it was kind of sad that it wasn't in Atlanta because that is where Hank Aaron played for all those years. He played two years with the Milwaukee Braves before they moved to Atlanta and then 21 years in Atlanta. And it's sad to think that because of everything that goes on and because some people want to be politically correct, they want to be woke, they want to do whatever, that they ruin it. They ruin it for the people of Atlanta. They ruin it for Major League Baseball, the fans. And they take it, and it just seemed as if it was empty. You know, Hank Aaron's wife was brought out and presented with some, uh, some gifts. And it was just empty to think that this was in Coors Field. And it wasn't at the stadium there in Atlanta which when he was playing was Fulton County Stadium. And when Ben Scully was on the call of that famous 715th home run, it was uh, at Fulton County Stadium. The launching pad, as they called it. Many great players from Atlanta 
you know, Bob Horner, Horner at the corner, you know. And so, um, anyway, so it was just kind of sad watching the All-Star game. Then I watched a couple of innings because uh, Otani, the Angels pitcher slash hitter, was uh, expected to have a big weekend. He was in the home run derby. Did not get out of the first round, although it did go into, like, triple overtime. And then um, he pitched perfect inning and then got to bat. But, um, but so, you know, as a big baseball fan, it's getting to the point where sports in general, but now baseball, you know, you're starting to do away with a lot of the traditions and customs, even the uniforms. It used to be cool to see all the different players intermix in their own uniforms, and now they have, like, one uniform for both teams, and it looked like, you know, some beer league softball team was out there playing. So it was just kind of sad, the state of baseball. But I'm glad they honored Hank Aaron. I'm glad they gave him his props because he is, I think, by far the greatest baseball player ever to play um, if you have to pick one. You look at other sports, and other sports, you know, you have the argument in basketball where they say Michael Jordan is the all-time greatest, right? And we played some Michael Jordan stuff. Others might say Kobe. Michael Jordan gets a lot because he won six championships. But if you went by that, wouldn't you have to say Robert Ory? Because he had seven championships. Or maybe Bill Russell. Go back to the 60s. He has 11 championships. And see, I think you can't really pick one because I think Michael Jordan was the most hyped. He came in at the right time. The shoe deals with the Air Jordans and everything just kind of clicked to make him very popular. By far, he's the most popular player. But... um but anyway, so I was just uh, looking over the All-Star game, kind of watching that and seeing just how sad it's become that politics, sports, it seems like the fun is being sucked out of America in all aspects. And that we can't just sit back and enjoy something for what it is. We can't just enjoy the accomplishments. You know, in that play-by-play piece, I cut it off because it's rather lengthy. But Vince Scully goes on to say, you know, it was a celebrated night in America, not only for Hank Aaron and his family baseball, but for the fact that a black man in the Deep South was having a standing ovation. I mean, think about it. Mid-70s, we're just coming out of the 60s, and you have a black man in the Deep South with a standing ovation, people applauding him. I think that's a good thing. I think that's what it's like to be when you're an American and you're just left to celebrate the accomplishments of people without the political pressure being put upon you. At that moment in time, nobody cared what color Hank Aaron's skin was. They didn't care. They were celebrating a moment in baseball. They were celebrating a moment that was... A momentous moment on top of that. But nowadays, we have to sit there and we look at the Olympics coming up and it's, you know, first transgendered woman to be in weightlifting. And then you've got, you know, this person turning their back on the flag while they're at the Olympic trials after finishing third. Okay, if you are finishing third in their hammer throw at the Olympics, I guess you are going to turn your back on the flag because that's the only way you're going to get recognition and your 15 minutes of fame, because if you finish third in the hammer throw at the uh, American trials, there's no way you're winning in the Olympics on a national stage because there's so many other better people than you. So I guess that makes sense. But why do you want to represent a country that you don't even uh, appreciate, that you turn your back on? That's like turning your back on the family, on your family. Turn your back on your family and then go and say you're going to represent your family at a function. Would your family go for it? In a lot of cultures, in a lot of communities, they wouldn't. Family is everything. 
And yet the politics of the world, the politics of our country have mired us so much and a lot of filth that we can't even celebrate Hank Aaron, a black man who had a standing ovation in the deep South in the seventies, as Vince Scully described it. And you can look it up on YouTube and see the whole um, video call yourself, but we can't even celebrate that this many years later in the city because baseball decides to uh, be woke as they say. But um, that's just a, a thought to start off the broadcast, start off the podcast. What I really wanted to get into was though being frustrated and frustration and how to deal with that. There's been a lot of things going on in life that really has become frustrating. I had, for example, a shipment, a sizable shipment that I wanted sent halfway across the country. And so I contacted and decided to use a shipping company slash trucking company to come pick up my goods, deliver the goods, and then I'd be happy. And so through all the busyness of the transaction, there's paperwork, contracts, etc., you get, you know, a seven to ten day delivery time frame. So it's been well over seven to 10. In fact, it's been over a month. And in fact, we're approaching almost 40 days since I've had that delivery completed. And it's the frustration of you're in the trucking business. And when I call to find out the status of my shipment, you tell me that you don't have a truck available to ship my stuff. So my stuff is in a storage unit in North Las Vegas. Why in the world are you in the trucking business in the shipping business, if you don't have the materials, the resources, whatever it is that you need to complete the job that you were hired to do, the job that you took on, then why are you in that business? And then to compound it, so that's all you get. You get the runaround. Well, we don't have a truck. Well, a truck is here, a truck is there. So you have this incompetency going on. And that's where the frustration comes from because every time you call them and you try to inquire about an update status of what's going on, all you get is incompetency. There there within lies the frustration, not a part of anything I can do about it. Sure, I can maybe fly there, get my own truck. So I'm going to fly to Vegas, get my own truck and ship it out, drive it myself. I probably should have done that from the beginning. And then, of course, people will say, well, did you do due diligence and research? Well, I did. But then, as it turns out, the original company I contracts with subcontracted without me knowing about it to another company. So instead of just being upfront and telling me the whole thing, these companies are out there and they're acting on their own, doing their own thing. And when you call them on it, nothing they can do. They're, oh, sorry, we're sorry, we're sorry. You know, a meaningless apology that goes nowhere. And yet I'm left with the frustration of trying to figure out when's my shipment going to get here? When can I expect it? And so a lot of times in life, that's what happens. So then let me continue, if I may, with my diatribe. So because it's been such a delay in my shipment that I now have to, when it ever arrives, put it into storage. Well, I call the storage units different companies around town. Hey, so uh, can you give me some information on your storage units? Like how many cubic square feet do you have? Well, we don't know. Why don't you just come and take a look and see if it fits? 
So you're telling me that you can't tell me what kind of cubic square feet you have in each of your different types of storage units? No. Can you tell me the sizes of your storage units? Well, we have a few that are kind of like, you know, a bedroom, maybe one that's kind of like the size of a, maybe a living room. So you can't tell me the feet, like 10 by 20. Well, you can come take a look at it if you want. So you're in the storage business and you can't tell me anything about the units that you have. And this happened more than one time. So it's like we've gotten stupider as we progressed. I mean, could you imagine going to the dentist or to the doctor's office and being like, hey, what's wrong, doc? Well, there's something wrong in there and, you know, we'll get some stuff in there and figure it out. No, you'd want to know exactly what's going on, what's exactly the process to fix it or to make you better. And you want everything laid out. You wouldn't settle for incompetency, but in other things we do. And that's where the frustration for me comes because then people will say, hey, you just need to relax and, you know, that's just how it is. But when we're talking about raising the standard, if you've been with us before, you can go back and listen to, I believe it's episode 65 in our podcast uh, list. You can find it on um, YouTube or you can find it on SoundCloud or you can just go to the Two Steps Ahead podcast Instagram page, click the uh, link in the bio and there's some options there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. But You sit there, and when you listen about raising the standard, we have to raise the standard and have high expectations and not allow lower expectations to dictate to us. So if I hired you to do something like move a shipment of goods, I expect it to be done on time and according to what the contract says. And if it doesn't, well, then you have consequences for that, right? Isn't that fair? Isn't that how you do business? I go to the store, I buy something, I pay with my money, I get the goods. If it's a bad product, I take it back. And so that's been going on a lot in life lately, the last month or so, five, six weeks. A lot of frustration, not because of me and things that I've been doing, because I've been trying to do my due diligence, but because other people are dropping the ball. So what do I mean by that? So if you're still not really kind of understanding what my frustration or what I'm talking about, maybe this will help. Hi, Ray Romano here to tell you all about Frustrated. What is Frustrated, you may ask? Well, let me tell you. Frustrated is... Ray! Oh, Ray! Is that you? Oh, Raymond, it is you! Oh, oh, I am so happy to see you. Well, Ah. hi, Grover. I'm happy to see you too, but I'm a little busy right now. I was just about to tell everyone about... And I will help you. Be right back. What, pineapples? Wait, wait, no, I'm not here to talk about pineapples. I'm here to talk about frustrated. All right? Okay, well, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frustrated. Frustrated is a feeling you get when... Ray! Oh, Ray! Here you go, Ray. A pineapple to help you with your explanation of pineapples. Oh. Careful, it's a little prickly. Well, okay, but um, uh, I'm not here to talk about pineapples, Grover. Mm-hmm. I'm here to talk about... I know! You are talking about ways to keep your head warm! And I will help! Be right back! Yeah, but what... No, uh, uh... Okay, let me finish this before he gets back. Frustrated is a feeling you get when you're trying to do something, but you can't Ray! seem to... Ray! Oh, Raymond! Here it is, Raymond! A hat! Yeah, but I don't need a hat. Nonsense of... Of course you need a hat if you're talking about ways to keep your head warm. Now, here, 
Lean over. Well, I, Put this I, on. I don't know. Come this. on now. I don't yes, you do. Yes, you do. Come on. Put it on. I, I, Come on. Do as Grover yeah. says. Okay. There. Right. Now, isn't that toasty? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm not talking about ways to keep my head warm. No? No, no, I'm talking about cheese balls! Be right back! Well, look, I just want to talk about frustrated, okay? Please let me, oh. All right, let me do this quick. Frustrated is a feeling you get when you try to do something, but no matter how hard you try to do it, you just can't you get it. Right. Mm. A tasty, yummy, nut-covered cheese ball. Always happy to help a friend. Yeah, but and you are. You aren't helping me, Grover, okay? Because I'm not here to talk about pineapples or hats or cheese balls. I'm talking about frustrated. Frustrated? Yes, frustrated, but I can't talk about frustrated because every time I try to talk about frustrated, you interrupt me and it gets me frustrated. You are frustrated? Yes. So I helped. Oh! Oh, I helped you show everybody frustrated, didn't I? Oh, oh this is wonderful. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you No did. need to thank me, Raymond. It is all part of being a cute and fuzzy monster. Now put your head back on before you catch cold. So it's all those cute and fuzzy monsters that come our way. They're Ray Romano on Sesame Street, giving us a lesson on frustrated. But that's what happens in life. And so a lot of times what happens when we get frustrated, we throw up our arms, throw up our hands. Some of us wave them in the air like we just don't care. But we just throw up and give up. Like nothing I can do about it. This is just life's circumstances. This is just life's happenstance. I lose a job. I can't do anything about it. Need a shipment. It's been 40 days. Can't get it. We give up. But that's when we really got to dig in and keep going. We can't just give up because the frustrations will always come. You know, I think about those, uh, if you're, I might be dating myself, but remember those toys that used to have like that ball, the kid toys, that toddler, and inside were the different pieces. And then the ball was made up of like a square, a star, a triangle. You know, maybe nowadays they have a plank and you try to put the, you know, square peg through the round hole. And it doesn't work. And you see the, the little toddler sitting there trying to put it in, trying to figure it out. And sometimes they get frustrated and they just give up. Some will throw a tantrum and chuck it across the room. Others sit there and try to figure it out until someone comes along and then shows them the solution. You know, or on social media, there's these uh, videos going around about a dog with his nose pressed up against a, a fence and the ball, his ball, the dog's ball just out of reach and the dog is sad and sitting there and it would and the the slogan or the words on the screen says this would be sad if not for this and then as the camera pans out a little bit just maybe two feet over there's an open gate so all the dog has to do is just go around and the open gate and get the ball but instead it's just fixated on that problem probably was frustrated digging 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 couldn't get there so now they just gave up and they're just looking forlongingly at the ball, just out of reach beyond the snout, tempting and teasing. And then you just go maybe two, one foot over, open gate, boom, you get your ball. And that's what we have to do. That's what I'm starting to realize. I'm starting to realize that we have to find the solutions. And sometimes it's tricky to find those solutions to our frustration. Obviously, I'm taking steps. 
to resolve the in, the conflict that I'm dealing with, with the frustration with the trucking company and, and so forth. And obviously, I didn't just give up on the storage units. I went and actually found somebody who was competent and provided the service that I needed and stuff, you know. But when you go through life, you're going to come across these. You know, how many times have we had, I had a manager one time at a radio station who made a decision during the elections that basically cost us our ratings. And as our ratings were going down, we were getting blamed for the decision that he made. So finally, I just said, fine, I'm going to speak out. And so in a meeting with all the managers, I just said, hey, it was his decision to do this. We're getting the blame for it, but it was his decision. It was a bad decision on his part. Yeah, sure, there was some blowback, but you know what? I'm not going to stand there and, and deal with their frustrations on something that wasn't my responsibility or my call. That's bad management, and that's beyond our control. So what can we do? We got to tr- maybe sometimes draw attention to what the problem is. Remember the old adage? I think there was a story that, um, about the, the, the kid over in Amsterdam you know, Amsterdam is below sea level, so they built all these what they call dikes around the city to keep the waters back, okay? Kind of like New Orleans is below water, right? And so they have the different uh, mechanisms up, the barriers up to keep the water back. So as the story goes, somebody's walking by and they see a leak in the, the dike in Amsterdam, and so he sticks his finger in it to keep it from leaking, fix the immediate problem, but now what's he going to do? Stand there for the rest of his life? Or should he have gone and got somebody, brought them back and corrected the problem, fixed the problem permanently? And that's what happens. You know, we come across people that are going to always cause us frustration. We're going to come across scenarios that are going to be frustrating. We're going to come across things that we can't control. People that know me know that I like to, and I talk about it a lot on the, on the podcast, that I like to talk about reason or look at things through reason and look at things through um, common sense, which seems to be going out the window these days. So reason and common sense. Let's talk about that for a moment. But first, I just want to take a moment to, to remind you that this is Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion to make it happen and let yourself be great. Um, you can find us on Instagram at TWO, TWO Two Steps Head Podcast. You can also find my personal uh, Instagram at Edom Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S, Edom Rocks. And if you go there, there's a link in the bio, and you can click on the link, and it brings up options for you to watch the show. There's YouTube, there's SoundCloud, and there's uh, Pandora, Spotify, Swag Shop, things like that. You can also uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel or SoundCloud. You can uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we're also, like I said, on uh, YouTube and uh, SoundCloud, the two main things. Also, if you go to our website, RadioWarp.com, we're about to launch a new website. It's going to be one-stop shopping. But RadioWarp, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com, is uh, go there. It's going to be launching really short. Uh, shortly soon in a short amount of time and everything you're going to need is going to be right there at radiowarp.com and also we have the apps so if you go to your phone app and you search in your store your app store radio warp app app radio warp app uh, we pop up download you can take us with you on the go and so two steps at podcast encouraging you to take your passion make it happen and let yourself be great so when we talk about you know reason and we talk about common sense that's the thing that frustrate, frustrates me the most is because when you're taking care of things in life on our end, that's what 
we can control. We can control the things. We can do our due diligence. We can make sure that all the things around us are working out, that we have it planned, that we've plotted it out. We have our strategy. People say that, you know, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail, right? So we don't want to plan to fail because nobody likes failure. If you listen to a lot of athletes, like one time we played a clip a number of shows ago about Kobe Bryant talking about his first year or two in the league. And he was talking about the, the failures that he was having, like, for example, on his jump shot, if he was falling short, not making it to the basket, hitting the front of the rim, he knew that he had to get leg strength, get more spring in his jump shot. So he didn't panic about missing all those shots. Instead, he understood what the problem was. A lot of people could get frustrated. I'm missing these shots. I'm missing these shots. My percentage is low. I'm not scoring. But instead, what Kobe did was he understood what the problem was, leg strength. So in the offseason, he worked on leg strength, did whatever he needed to in the weight room and the gym, increase leg strength, improve strength, improve jump shot. And he worked, and he worked, and he worked. Had a work ethic to overcome that. Next thing, what's the next problem? Okay, instead of being frustrated at it, what's the root cause of it? Let's solve it, fix it, and move on. And so instead of getting frustrated, instead of just throwing our hands up, what can we do? What can we do to correct the issue? What can we do to solve the problem? What can we do to fix it? And the other thing that comes with that is patience. Because oftentimes when it's something that isn't our control, it's easy to fly off the handle. It's easy to get mad. It's easy to reach through that phone and rip someone's head off. Because that's what we want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to go in and through the phone and rip someone's tongue out for telling me all these, basically what it comes down to is lies. But then on the flip side, it's like, you know what? Whatever their incompetency is, however much of an idiot they are, don't know what they're doing, I'm still going to kind of control myself as much as I can. I'm going to act in a manner that's still professional, respectful. There'll still be consequences on their part because you can't let someone get away with things. If someone's taking advantage of you, you're going to make sure that they understand that. And oftentimes, they might have consequences for that. If a friend is abusing the friendship with you, you break it off. In relationships, if someone's taking advantage of you, you break it off, right? Someone tells you they're going to call you, they're going to call you or something, and it doesn't happen, you eventually give up, right? Because you're tired of it. Even though you might be frustrated with them, and I'm sure I've made people frustrated when it comes to the, the phone and communication. Not intentionally, though. But sometimes that happens. And so you might cut me off, which I completely understand. But it also comes down to the choices that we make. What are the choices that we make in life and how does that affect us? The definition of a disability is something that will hinder you from being able to do something. I think though the greatest disability is not having no arms and no legs. The greatest disability is your mind, the choices that you make. The question is, are you going to make the right choices? Are you going to make the choice to have your life in its right perspective? Are you going to make the choice to get up instead of give up? Are you going to make the choice to dream big? There is no greater disability that we have in our life than to make the decision to give up. Because once you give up, then there is no hope. 
But until you give up, there is that hope. See, until you give up, you have hope. It's the choices that we make. It's the choices that turn our frustration into solving the problem or getting mad and making the situation worse. The choices we make puts, takes the problem from them and puts it now on us. People lashing out. People making poor choices based on the frustration that they're feeling, right? So it comes down to choices, the choices we make. Now, Nick Vujicic, who was the one in that clip right there, he was born with no arms and no legs. No choice. It's not like he endured any accident or disease that caused him to lose his limbs. He was born without it. At the age of seven, tried to drown himself. And now he goes on to be a motivational speaker. Knows how to swim. I think he's tried to drive a car. He has a family. And so he's trying to live his best life. But he tried to give up. Now imagine if he succeeded. And if, and if you don't know much about Nick Vujicic, I don't know how to spell his last name. But you can type it out and a lot of things will come up. Sometimes we use his clips on the, on the podcast. But imagine all the lives that he has impacted, or anybody, put in anybody, insert anybody that has had a huge impact on someone's life, right? Imagine if he was able to be successful in, in taking his own life. He wouldn't have been here to tell us that the choices we make is the biggest disability of all, that we need to be persistent and not give up. Persistent, not give up, keep going, keep going. Because we've learned before that when we give up, that's when failure sets in. You don't fail because it didn't work out. You fail because you give up. And as long as you're striving, as long as you're moving forward, as long as you're making good choices, you're just learning another way not to do something, right? So we don't want to give up. We don't want to make bad choices because we want to have an impact on other people. We want that impact on other people to be a positive one. So in the last uh, few weeks, as all this frustration stuff was going on, a uh, thing popped up on social media, and it was uh, basically somebody announcing that someone that I knew back in high school and college, an adult that I knew, had passed away. And they invited me to join the, uh, the social media page, the memorial page. People were posting and uh, pictures and memories and things like that. And I was looking and thinking about that and reading all the uh, messages and the impact he had on, on people and, and how that impact that he had affected a lot of lives. Now imagine if, and I know his story. His story was that when he was younger, apparently a lot of people thought he was going to be headed towards uh, some bad things. And a lot of people intervene, a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, you know, spiritual um, and religious things were on him and uh, talking to him and stuff like that. And basically brought him out of that, from my understanding. And then he went on to have a positive impact. So here he was at the crossroads, basically. Um, and it was like, okay, if he goes down this path, all the influences that he's going to have is going to be negative. But if he goes down this path, like all of us, it'll be positive. And the impact that the others had on him, the influence is the word I'm talking about, looking for. The influences of these people that decided that they want him 
to get away from kind of like the dark side, stay away from Darth Vader. And they started to have a positive impact and a positive influence on him. And then he went on to have a positive influence. And so you're reading all these things. And it's pretty amazing. It's a pretty amazing the impact he had on, on many people, even to this day. And some of them only knew him back in the college, only knew him back in the high school days when he was just beginning his mentorship lifestyle, his positive influence lifestyle. And sometimes it just takes one. So in our frustration, if we're dealing with somebody, maybe we have a positive impact on them. So instead of flying off the handle, being mad, yelling, and screaming, which sometimes we want to do, and by the way, sometimes it may be warranted. Think about that for a minute. But if we do it in the right way, we can have a positive impact on somebody. We can have an influence on somebody. Maybe get them to raise their standard, realize that, hey, this person is going through some frustration because of what we are doing. I don't have answers for them. It's causing more frustration. And so maybe I need to up the game. Another quick story. So recently I was looking into uh, different internet and cable services. And so I decided to go with one internet slash cable company, you know, they bundle and all that. And then there was a power outage and power, internet, all that was gone for a couple of days. And so then uh, I decided that, okay, it's probably best not to have the same, like forget the bundle. I should have separate, maybe have, you know, the TV and the cable one, and then maybe the internet with another company in case this happens again with severe weather and stuff. If this goes down, I'll still have this, you know, vice versa, right? Well, just dealing with that whole thing became frustrating. Canceling service, changing service with the existing company I had. I spent three hours on the phone. All I wanted to do was disconnect internet. That's it. It took three hours on the phone and one hour in the shop, and they still couldn't figure it out. And they still ended up getting it wrong. They still ended up canceling the wrong things, giving me the wrong equipment. So finally, what happened? I gave up. Why did I give up? Because in my pursuit of not giving up, I found another solution, Roku. It's not an advertisement. I'm not pitching Roku. But if you're my friend and you know about Roku and you knew about Roku and you didn't tell me about it, shame on you. I was talking to one friend of mine explaining the situation. I said, hey, I'm giving up on TV. I'm going to find an alternate. And um, I found Roku. And she was like, yeah, I've known about Roku. I used to have Roku. It's the greatest thing. Why didn't you tell me? I thought you were my friend. But it's the greatest thing. So I'm dumping it all together. Because their incompetency, they can't figure out how to cancel just half of my service. Internet TV. Cancel TV. Oh, I can't do that. Cancel internet. Oh, I can't do that. Confuse all four or five hours later. A couple days into this thing, I look for alternatives. So I gave up on that. Now you're done. You lose my business. I found an alternative. So sometimes that happens. Sometimes when things go bad, if we are do our due diligence and we continue and not give up, maybe then we do find something better. We do find a better solution, something that we might like more, a better job, a better scenario, a better person to hang out with, better friends, better music, whatever it might be. So I was able to find entertainment for A, a lot cheaper, be a lot more convenient. I don't have to worry about all those people. I have to worry about all that nonsense, all that incompetency of sitting and watching them on the computer. Oh, that's not working. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Oh, we did this. Oh, we did that. Okay, you're good to go two days later. Oh, no, you're not good. What? Nonsense. 
So I gave up because I found a solution. But what is the impact we have on others? As we're going through our frustration, as this guy on social media that's being memorialized and all the good things people are saying about him, talking about him, the impact they had in his life, what is the impact? And in the end, as this guy, as he passes away unexpectedly during surgery and people are talking about the impact on their life, what is it that is the actual impact that we have? What is impact? Impacting others. What is that? When we're laying on our deathbed, you're not going to worry about how much money you had, how much power you had, how much prestige. You're going to see that that was all game, that that was all an illusion. The only thing that's going to matter is the impact you had on other people's lives. We are all on a separate journey. But the beautiful thing about our life here on this earth is at my funeral, they ain't going to talk about my success. They're going to talk about who Nick was and how Nick lived and how Nick loved and encouraged. Success is incredibly important, but even more important than success, it's having an impact. It's knowing you haven't walked the planet in vain. It's knowing that because you've been here, you've blessed lives, you've developed people, and you have made the world a better place. The effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. Because what's in your heart is who you are. What kind of impact you're going to have? How are people going to remember you? Are they going to remember you? And that's a dangerous slippery slope because when I impact my or when I think about my life and the impact I've had on people, I hope it's a good one. I think it is. I think I've done, uh, tried to be more uh, positive and, and have positive impact. I'm sure maybe some people caught me on the wrong day and it wasn't a good day. And maybe they think about me negatively. Hope that's not the case. Wasn't intentional if that is the case. But think about the impact people have on you, your influences, those around you, the TV shows you watch the politicians that you listen to, news media, sports, your neighbors. And then how are you impacting them? The hardest thing to do is have a positive impact on somebody who is negatively impacting you. If someone is negatively impacting you, our instinct, our natural instinct is to be negative back. But when we return kindness and goodness to those people, that makes a huge impact whether they understand it or not. And they might not immediately that day or in that moment understand it, but maybe down the road it'll click. And they'll be like, you know what? I was truly mean to them. But they were kind to me. That's something different. That's something that isn't normal. And see, a lot of times people, I mean, think about the abusive dog. 
So the abusive dog is taken out of that abusive home, and you, as a loving person, want to go pet the abused dog. What does the dog do? It cowers. It shies away. Why? Because that's what it's used to. Even though we're trying to show love, it still cowers in fear. But then what happens? Eventually, the dog warms up, starts to realize that, wait a minute, this is somebody different. This is somebody who's going to treat me with respect, with love, with kindness, with gentleness. The dog warms up, and the next thing you know, the dog is licking you all over, and you guys are BFFs, part of the family, fur baby, right? People are the same way. Now, hopefully, they're not licking you in the face, but people are the same way. They might be used to something, abuse, negative, hurt feelings, Bad words, you know, evil words, a sharp tongue against them, whatever it is. And us being kind might eventually break that down. For example, when I first started working at a sports station in Los Angeles, I was working the weekends and there was a weekend show with a host and the host was a crotchety old guy. I didn't really know him. And um, the relationship between the crotchety old guy host and the current uh, technical operator, the board operator, the guy that was running the show on the board ed, like this, you know, board ed, board operation. Anyways, there was a bad relationship because the crotch, the old guy would demand things, be mad and all kinds of stuff. And the board operator, the second guy would reciprocate. So for example, we play bumper music, which is music basically between commercials and show content. And the host would make a request. Hey, it's too loud. It's too long. Can you please do this, do that? And so the board operator, instead of just complying, would play it longer, play it louder, do the opposite, make the guy mad, make him more angry, more crotchety. And so it was my turn to work with this guy. And that was going to be my job. And so what I decided to do, and people told me, beware, he's a bad guy, he's evil, you know, bad attitude, he'll yell and scream and all this. And I decided that what I was going to do was I was going to just be professional and do my job. It didn't matter what he said. It didn't matter how he said it. I was going to do my job. You want your bumping music lower? I'll lower it. You want it shorter? I'll shorten it. You want something else? Whatever. I'm just going to do my job to the best of my ability. And then one time he had a cat. And his cat died. And apparently people were kind of making fun of him and his cat for dying, which is cruel. But anyways, and I literally said, dude, I'm sorry to hear about your cat. And he snapped at me. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, I heard you had a cat that you really liked had a long time and passed away. And I'm just giving you my condolences. I didn't snap back or anything. I was just, I'm sorry, dude, your cat died. That sucks. He's like, okay. Because see, that was that kind of battered puppy syndrome. He's used to people coming at him, coming at him, coming at him. Negative, negative, negative. So he's conditioned to snap back. So then over the course of working together, we built a reputation and it kind of finished because I was moving on to another show and he was doing some other things. But we ended up at uh, the media room at Dodger Stadium talking for like two hours during a game. He was telling me his life story, college days, how he got into radio, all that stuff. And all I simply did was just act professional, give him respect. The respect that comes. Now, respect is earned, trust is earned, all that. But when you enter a working situation, a working relationship, immediately there is a certain level of professional respect and professional courtesy that you give. I was just giving him that. Eventually, it wore him down. 
and we were able to have a good relationship. Sure, there'd be times he'd still snap at me because that's just who he was, but it didn't bother me. I didn't take it personally. I was like, you know what? I'm just doing my job. And that's what we have to do. And so there, that kind of beaten puppy syndrome relationship changed. And he warmed up, started joking, laughing, telling me a story. And uh, then I moved on to something else. And every once in a while when I'd see him, we'd still talk. But people have value. People have worth. And that's what we have to remember. Even in our frustrations, when we're trying to impact somebody, we have to remember that people have value. People have worth. No matter who they are or what they are. And we see homeless people on the streets and we want to think negatively about them. Like there's something wrong with them. And there could be. Could be some mental health issues. Could just be the fact that rent is too damn high. Working two, three jobs, you can't, there's not enough hours in the day to make more. But there's value in these people. There's worth in these people. There's nothing we might be able to do. The only thing we can do is maybe smile, say hi, acknowledge them. How many times do we walk by somebody with a sign that says, you know, please help, I'm homeless, can you give me money? And we kind of turn our head. We don't want to talk to them. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. But what if just a smile? Enrich their lives because it's been a while since they've seen someone smile at them. What if it's just, hey, hello? What if it's just giving a water bottle? Water bottle? I don't know. You know. We have to be careful. We don't want to put ourselves in danger. You know, Don't take candy from a stranger, right? That's what we're taught. But what if we just did that? What if we took life and our mentality towards life, and we had it so that our mind was one that would allow us to make the decisions, to seek the answers, to do things that had a positive impact on other people's lives. If the lion is the king of the jungle, how can he be the king of the jungle? If he's not the biggest, the elephant is probably one of the biggest. He can't be the fastest because that's the cheetah. He can't be the smartest. So he's not the biggest, the fastest, or the smartest. So how does the lion become the king of the jungle? His mentality. That's the only difference of a lion and an elephant. When a lion walks up and sees an elephant, he thinks lunch. An elephant thinks run. Because when a male lion walks up, he may be outnumbered by a pack of hyenas. But I'm king of my jungle because of my mentality. The mindset sets the table for us. The mindset is going to set the table on how we deal with frustration. Are we going to allow our mind to just give up, throw our hands up, get mad, chuck the thing across the room, whatever the case may be? Or is our mindset going to be, okay, this is a difficult situation. Yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, I'm going to let that anger come out in a productive way, a constructive way, whatever that might be. Maybe go hit a boxing bag, you know, one of those big heavy bags, run, whatever. But I'm going to try to find a solution because that's my mindset. I'm not going to give up. Life has got me down, but I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to find a way to get back up. That might include sacrifice. That might include having to do things that we're not normally used to doing. That might include working on the weekends, working overnights, whatever it is. We have the mindset to be and to beat that pack of hyenas, to be that lion, and to think that whatever we do, we're going to attack life and make the most of it. We're going to be an impact. We're going to raise the standard. We're going to allow people to see the greatness in us. And hopefully that we use that to inspire other people so that hopefully people can raise their standard as well. We're not going to let frustrations get us down. 
We're not going to let the things of this world, the things that we can't control, keep us down. But instead, we're going to keep fighting, keep scrapping, keep going after it. This thing doesn't work. We're going to try that. We're not going to give up. And the other thing, most importantly, is that we have value. Everyone has value. You know, I played this clip before. I want to play it again, but it represents just the value in you. If you don't know you're valuable, if you don't know you're worth it, this is for you. Let me speak to that person that feels like they lost their worth and their value. This is a dollar bill. Now, if I go to the store and there's something for 90 cents, can I buy it with this dollar bill? Okay, all right. So, if I go to the store and there's something for 85 cents and after tax, it ends up being 96 cents, can I buy it with this dollar bill? Okay, all right. So, what if I ball the dollar bill up? Think about it now. Like, I just bought the dollar bill up. Like, so we can't be worth a dollar now. It's probably worth like 95 cents, right? How much do you think it's worth? A dollar. Listen, listen, y'all got to pay attention. I just bought it up. So clearly it's not worth a dollar anymore. All right. All right. So maybe what if I step on it? What if I stomp it? I just stomped it. How much is it worth now? Maybe 65 cents, 68 cents? It's still worth a dollar? Okay, what if I ball it up, what if I stomp on it, and then I put it in the trash can, and it's in here with some trash, and it's around some beer, and some gum, and a bunch of other nasty stuff, and some guy off the street pulls the dollar out, unfolds it, how much is it worth now? Maybe 82 cents? And make, wait, come on, at least 92 cents? It's okay, all right, so what if I ball it up, what if I step on it, what if I put it in trash, and then, watch this, I tear it in half. Think about it now, right? How much is it worth now? A dollar? I could tape it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. I just, I just balled it up. I just stepped on it. I put it in trash. I pulled it out. Then I tore it in half. And you mean to tell me I could pick the dollar up I could wipe it off and I could put some tape around it and it's still worth a dollar? Then why? If this dollar doesn't lose its worth or its value, then why do you feel like you've lost your worth of value? Because many of you feel like you've been stepped on, you feel like you've been pushed aside, you feel like you've been abandoned, you feel like you've been talked about, you feel like you've been abused, like someone took from you, someone hurt you, somebody took advantage of you, and deep down inside your core, you feel like you've lost some of your value. And I am here to tell you today that this dollar still has worth and value because there are some men years ago who put value over this life and said that no matter what happens to it, it can still be taped back together. It can still be wiped off. And I am here to tell you that you were created and you're born and you're here and you have life and you have purpose and you have value. And though you've gone through some hard times and though you've experienced some depression and you might be wanting to hurt yourself and you might want to give up, I am here to tell you you still got worth and value. And there is nothing that can happen that can take your worth and your value away. So what you gotta do now is you gotta pick yourself up. You gotta dust yourself off and you gotta keep moving. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what, you've got value, you've got worth. Don't give up, don't ever give up. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. 
Hey, you can check us out on Instagram. We've got two sites, the show site, TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and then my personal site, uh, Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, Edom Rocks. If you go to the link in the bio, it's a link tree link, and it brings up several options. There's the YouTube and the SoundCloud. You can watch the show on YouTube. You can listen on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, you can actually download it and take it with you on the go. You can subscribe and never miss an episode. There's also other areas like Pandora, Spotify. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, um, there's a swag shop, merchandise. So if you want some cool gear, you can check that out. Uh, RadioWarp.com is the website. It's relaunching shortly, and it might even relaunch before you even hear this episode. But RadioWarp.com, we're launching brand new website. It looks killer. One-stop shopping for everything Two Steps Head Podcast, everything Radio Warp. Uh, you can listen to RadioWarp.com. We're live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern time, and then it replays a couple hours later, and it also plays throughout the week. But if you go to RadioWarp.com, you'll see the schedules, and like I said, everything is right there on the website, one-stop shopping. Um, so we're excited for that. And then there's also just cool music that plays, some 80s, uh, some pop music, and some other content as well. So RadioWarp.com, you can also go to the uh, app store of your phone, whether it's Android or your Apple, and you can uh, just put in Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, Radio Warp app, pops up, download, and take us with you on the go. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. We love that you're a part of the show. We love that uh, you listen. Thank you for your support. If you wouldn't mind sharing it out there, maybe sending it to a couple of friends, a couple of people that you know, maybe if something impacted you, you can let them know about it and maybe it impacts them. You can email the show and let me know what you think, your thoughts, uh, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com, T-W-O, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. And you can also just send me a direct message on Instagram as well. So again, thank you. Don't let your frustrations get to you. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. And remember, no matter what, you have value, you have worth, and you are definitely worth it. And if you're feeling that you're not, hit me up. I'll talk to you. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great, be kind, and we'll see you next time here on Two Steps Ahead Podcast.